is in the air. This is Philip with Soul Insights, and you are tuned in to Good Morning Market, where everyday businesses are empowered to lead their market with the latest in market news, insights, and strategy. Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing well. It's an honor and a pleasure to be sitting here with you today and discussing business, economics, strategy, leadership, marketing, all of the fun things that we do here in this community. And speaking of which, uh, it's official. I'm going to go ahead and claim it. As uh, so November of last year, 2021, I decided to do this thing, and y'all decided to jump on board. And over the past 12 months, we've been building this community together, the Good Morning Market community, and I can't tell you how proud and honored I am to uh, be able to talk with y'all and to talk shop and to talk business and, and and talk about the things that mean something to us on Main Street and so we can all learn from each other and, and grow and be successful regardless of what's going on outside of our control and outside of our four walls. To that point, uh, on last week at the time of this airing, we got to have the one-year anniversary celebration of Good Morning Market. It was awesome. Uh, even with a tropical storm coming through, uh, I had some awesome uh, folks. Many of you in the community came out who were able to come to Richmond Hill to SMG Studios. Thanks, Jillian Rowe, for being the host. And we were able to enjoy uh, music and good networking conversations, some delicious food courtesy of Collins Quarter at Forsyth in Savannah, Georgia. So thanks to uh, Southern Cross Hospitality for putting together a great spread. And uh, did some trivia, did some did some games, and just spent a great time with uh, you, you, this community that we built together. So that was awesome. As, once again, a special shout out to Jillian Rowe, who is the uh, owner, founder, creative director of SMG. They were gracious enough to host, and she also, by the way, won the trivia. So as of now, Jillian Rowe is the reigning trivia champ for Good Morning Market. Anyways, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I want to talk about that for a, lo- a lot longer, but we need to talk about the task at hand, which would be as many of y'all are thinking about budgeting, you're thinking about the needs, you're thinking about scaling your business, you're thinking about um, what your needs are. A lot of it's going to relate to money. And as y'all know, uh, capital is getting tighter. Uh, we have to as we're trying to get our currency and our inflation crisis under control. And many of y'all, and I just having these conversations the other day, uh, capital is hard to come by period, even when interest rates are low. Speaking with my brother-in-law the other day, who is talking about uh, options for his new business, and you know, you go talk to the bank, and they see that you're a startup, and you get turned away before you can even get the conversation started. Yet we everyday businesses need capital. How can we get it? What are our options? That's the conversation today. We're going to discuss that with Nate Wayne of the SBAC, the Small Business Assistance Corporation. But before we get into that great conversation, let's talk about what happened in your marketplace over this past week. Coming from Market Roundup for this week, first articles from the Wall Street Journal. The headline is October inflation report shows consumer prices rose 7.7% from a year earlier. From that article, inflation eased last month to the slowest pace since January, but remained high, likely keeping Federal Reserve officials on course to start slowing the pace of interest rate rises aimed at taming price pressures. The Labor Department on Thursday said that its consumer price index increased 7.7% in October from the same month a year ago, 
down from 8.2% in September and June's 9.1% rate, which was the highest in four decades. The final piece for y'all from Market Roundup coming from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution headline ammo maker Norma Precision to expand in Georgia, an ammunition maker that recently announced the relocation of its U.S. headquarters to Savannah now plans to expand its operations near the Georgia coast, including a factory and distribution center. Norma Precision plans to build a new manufacturing and logistics complex along the I-16 in Bryan County near the future Hyundai Motor Group electric vehicle plant. Governor Brian Kemp's office said on Thursday, the company makes high-end ammunition for the hunting, sporting goods, military, and law enforcement sectors. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your market roundup for the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's say hi to today's guest on Good Morning Market. I want to introduce y'all to my friend Nate Wayne of the Small Business Assistance Corporation. The SBAC, by the way, is a community development financial institution. That's a pop quiz. You have to have that memorized by the end. And what they do is they serve small businesses through both financial and technical assistance across the coastal empire and a lot of rural Georgia. Nate specifically is a small business loan specialist at SBAC. He brings a decade of banking experience to the table for us today and it also helps that he's a local product an ssu tiger please help me welcome mr nate how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good Philip. how about yourself i'm doing good i'm ready to talk uh money i'm ready to talk capital i'm ready to talk business growth um i'm not holding any punches man i'm, I'm ready to throw my fastballs at you and, I, and i'm really excited for the knowledge that uh you and your team can bring to the table because this is a part of business that should be a lot more commonplace and we should all have a much better basic understanding but you know until we get guys like you in here uh i feel like you know there, there there's just a lot of confusion out there about the topic of small business capital right right well i'm ready for any questions you got for me i'm trying to answer to the best of my ability so uh whatever you got coming my way i'm ready for it all right all right so before we hit you with the hard balls, let me throw you one softball because you're both a local guy. I was born and raised in the Savannah area. Um, Savannah, Georgia, for those of y'all listening from abroad, it's a, it's just a great town. So for someone who's not from Savannah, if they're visiting Savannah, what's a what's one of, like if they're sitting and talking to Nate, what's one of your top recommendations for something they've got to do before they leave? Well, like like you like you know, uh, Savannah is known for its beauty, sights and scenes, and also its food. So, I would say first thing you got to do is just get outside, uh, mm -hmm. come downtown, visit all the squares, learn the history, get us uh, get a get a feel for the the sights and sounds that we offer. And mm -hmm. then secondly, I would say the food. We're known for food as well, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a soul food guy, so uh, Geneva's chicken, uh, two chefs Gullagichie. Mm -hmm. um, I love the pain cows, sorry Charlie's, Bits mm -hmm. on the River. So mm -hmm. we got a couple of different destinations that you can visit, but uh, I would say those are probably the two most important things: just getting out and about and just yep. just roam the city and you know just take in the sights and sounds that we offer. No, I, I want to hundred percent agree with you. Uh, if Savannah, if you're in the historic district, is still walkable, right? And and usually the weather's bearable, even if it's during the summer. At least you can get under those huge oaks with the Spanish moss. You can have some some shade from the sun. And like you said, that you get down there and you you find some good restaurants. That's a good weekend getaway right there. So um, transitioning to what you do 
on the work hours, you do small business lending. And when you first start coming into contact with a business owner, you know, being at a networking event or they're first starting to engage you, uh, what do you think the everyday perception is of small business lending? Your average bear, so to speak, what do they think about small business lending? Well, what I come across is the fact that a lot of business owners or just individuals in general think the bank is the only option. Mm -hmm. And if... The bank doesn't work with them that they don't have any else or any other place to go. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I get that probably at the first kind of concisis of, um, I would say, mindset that comes across my desk or comes across at a networking event. And kind of right. when I introduce myself and who I and you know the organization that I represent, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of give them a, a better pathway. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's very intuitive though, right? In my in my personal life, if I want a personal loan, I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to go get a house. If the if the bank denies me, then, you know, hey, you go to the bank, bank yeah. either takes, they either say you can qualify or you can't. So same thing with business. They go to the, uh, go to my, whoever I'd have my business checking, I either qualify or I don't. So yeah, I, I would, I would guess that would be something you'd come into contact with a lot. Um, to that point, would you, would you say that that is the most common uh, misperception that you have to address when it comes to business loans, or would you say that there's something else you really have to address a lot when it comes to confusion on business loans? Okay, so that was that ties into it, but I would say the misconception is because um, we we do have a certain you know crowd that kind of understands business lending, and of course, what's going on in the the, the world today and the economy kind of knows. Mm-hmm certain things about it but kind of doesn't know the full perception of the fuel overview of it so i would say a misconception would be uh i fit the certain demo or certain uh qualifications that would make me eligible for a loan and in some cases it may be true but a lot of cases it's not because uh you may fit the criteria but your your experience is not there or your your um right. Your financials are not there some things like that just because you hit that certain demo that we kind of look for you still have to put the work on behind it okay so yeah it's not just checking boxes when it comes out to taking out thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars in capital there there's the checkbox, which is part of that conversation, but then there's where y'all come in and really assess to make sure this is a good candidate and that you're not setting them up for failure am I yeah. following that's right that's gotcha right so 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 then following up on that, you're having a conversation with a small business owner, you know, they're talking about taking out a loan. There's always the why, right? We're not just taking out loans to take out loans. No one wants to take out a loan. Right. What is the reason, the business case, why most of these folks are coming to you or the, maybe the top one, the two cases, why they're trying to get capital? Um, so I, I got maybe three different scenarios, maybe okay. three or four. Okay. Um, the first, uh, the most common one that uh, I come across is the startup business. So your first not your first time entrepreneur um, that knows that the bank won't uh, finance their you know their dream or or the the, the business that they want to start. Um, that's when they come to um, my SBAC as the mm-hmm. you know as an organization to help them assist them with that. So that will be the first uh, part of it. The mm-hmm. Second would be the entrepreneur that wants to buy a business. So they may have experience working at that particular business and 
uh, you may say, hey, the owners are ready to retire and they, you know, mm-hmm. they want to sell it to you. So that I would call that just a business acquisition. Okay. Um, the third will probably just be just the, the basic uh, working capital loan. So, hey, um, inventory is kind of low. I need to, uh, you know, get some more product in my, in my space. So it needs mm-hmm. some working capital to assist them with that. So the working capital and equipment loan, that will probably be falling together as the, the third option. So and to make sure I'm recapping, so it's uh, starting a business, startup capital, uh, acquisition capital, and then working capital. Right. Okay. Which would you say is the most prevalent? Is it which one of the three ha- happens the most frequently with you? With me, startup business is a lot. I get a lot of okay. uh, first-time entrepreneurs, and um, and you might not even you know think it's uh, considered a startup or when you're talking with the individual. So, for an example, I could give you. The, the logistics field. So you might have a a truck driver that's been driving for many years, but now they want to step into being an owner operator. So yeah. They, so they they've been in the field for some time, but they never owned their own truck or um or they just just drove for the company. So that'll be considered it's still a startup business because you're going to the part of owning your actual your actual equipment. And um, yeah, you know, on And just to help us have the right mindset when we go to talk to an SBAC, for example, uh, in terms of the complexity or the the qualification requirements, how rigorous it is, between those three use cases, your startup capital, your acquisition capital, your working capital, um, as a general rule, I know there's tons of nuance that comes into this. Which yeah. one is the most complex to the most simple, straightforward process? Uh, oh, well, startups are going to be the most complex because mm-hmm. – before you even get to the part of discussion of uh, discussing the loan, we have to know that you have the experience and the know-how to actually run the business. So uh-huh. um, startups, we look for you to at least have present a business plan showing, you know, how you're going to operate your business. And uh-huh. then also the management capacity. So what's your background? Have you yeah. ties to the industry that you're trying to get into? Yeah. Um, along with the projections of, okay, Within the first two years, I project to make this amount of money, this had this amount of expenses, how much you're going to pay yourself, things mm-hmm. like that. So the startup part would be the most complex, mm-hmm. pretty much straightforward. It would be the existing owners that are looking for just working capital to assist them in the business. So yeah. that they've been around the business for some time, um, they have their finances in order, they know what they need, they know what the weak point is, and they know what they're trying to address. So that would probably be the easiest or the the straightforward uh, lending opportunity. Yeah, and I would guess you probably have a lot of people who entrepreneur spirit. They got a business dream and they get denied by the bank, and so they end up coming to you. I'm guessing that's probably pretty commonplace story for y'all, right? Yes, yes. We we're actually um, we we like to partner with a lot of the banks and the local banks, so we can kind of help that filtering out, just so 
uh, it kind of frees up the bank space and the bank to say, hey, we have an opportunity here at SBAC that they help actually individuals in your, you know, in your situation with lending. So. Yep. And, and, and as you know, I mean, and I think a lot of us kind of know is due to the nature of the banking industry, the regulations, you know, their risk tolerance, you know, has to be pretty tight. And so when you're talking about a startup business, you know, you don't have a lot of capital, for example, to put as leverage, you know, or to have as collateral, I think is the more proper term. Yep. It becomes a very tough conversation, which is why we now need to transition for a second to talking about CDFIs. Do we want to talk about CDFIs? Sure. All right. So um, first step, a community development financial institution. What is it? And then the second part is, how is it different from my local community bank? Right. So a CDFI, as they call it, um, we are catered to economic development. And the mission behind that is to help the underserved. So when you say underserved, what is that? That's mm -hmm. your, your minority community, your, your women-owned businesses, your veteran-owned businesses, um, different communities that are not uh, historically been able to get uh, financing through traditional banking or other resources. Mm -hmm. um, that's what the CDFI uh, tend to work for and uh, promote uh, as a mission. Okay. Um, the difference is on the banking side is um, they kind of it's kind of uh, like you said it's a it's a box and if you don't fit in that box you're not going to be eligible so with the bank they're not going to help out the startup business there if you haven't been in business at least two years mm -hmm. and, and show the actual cash flow in most cases mm -hmm. you're they're not going to get assistance mm -hmm. um also with banks your credit score mm -hmm. they have a very a very high high mark excuse me a high mm -hmm. mark for what you need in for score so Right. With the, with the CDFI, it's a it's, you know it may be a little bit lesser, but also we come in on the backside and helping with uh, technical assistance or yep. developmental services. So you get a little bit of training and a little bit of more focus on the CDF side as far as with the bank side, where this we're going to finance you, you off to the races, where a CDFI is going to actually kind of walk you through the process and make yep. sure you know, you have the confidence to actually run your business. Right. So they're they're going to advise you on how to wield that capital in context, right? Yeah. So so I had two follow-up questions to your this description and the differentiation of CDFI versus bank. First off, if you if you don't check those boxes in terms of uh, underserved communities, can you still work with the CDFI to do a loan if you're not a minority-owned business or or a woman-owned business, for example? Yes, yes, you can. Um, we 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 help any and everyone. Okay. Uh, it's just to make sure that we actually are uh reaching out to them, those different demographics to make sure that they are, are in the play of getting finances. Right. And then my second follow-up question is when you hear kind of that strong mission um, working with underserved communities, um, by definition, is a CDFI going to be affiliated or connected in some respect to some government agency or government initiative? Is that how that works? Um, in some cases, so for SBAC, we're actually certified by the Department of Treasury to do okay. um, certain loans. We're, we're licensed by the SBA, the Small Business Administration, to do yeah. SBA loans. So yeah. we have some connectivity there, but um, with our organization, we are a nonprofit and mm -hmm. we have to apply for those different 
certifications or different licenses to, to be able to uh, lend out the access to capital to that right. uh, community. And is that another distinguishing factor uh, on a CDFI versus uh, your average local bank? It's you're probably going to be a private institution that's not going to have those ties to government uh, agencies and, and programs in the right. same way. Right. right. Yeah. Um, some banks do have those ties, but a lot of them, a lot of banks are just using their own capital or from right. their depository income and they're able to lend that income out. That's, you know, that's just basically how a bank works. When you deposit money, they lend it out. Um, the money that you deposit, they lend out to their, right. their clientele. Right. And so let me ask you this on this next part is, and for us to think about, okay, when is the CDFI a good fit for me? Because as broad as Yarl's umbrella is to help a wide swath of small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs, y'all are looking for the right kind of candidate at the right time in the right place of that journey. So when should a business owner or a prospective business owner consider working with a CDFI like the SBAC? So I would say that's always should be in your when you're looking for financing, you should look for CDFIs immediately when you're looking for any type of financing. So if you're okay. looking at your, your, your personal bank, that's fine, but also compare it to the, your local CDFI. If you could come to SBAC and say, hey, what's the advantages of working with you guys instead of my bank? Mm -hmm. I like to be able to say, hey, this is why you should work with your bank or this is why you should work with us. Mm -hmm. I, I may tell you, say, hey, you just start your business. You only been in business a year. The bank is not going to finance your business. You're not. Right. You haven't made that two year mark. So look at some of the options I may have. Um, yeah. I know the goal for us is to get you to where you're able to do traditional financing, um, mm -hmm. because a lot of times with the CDFI, it's going to be a lot, a lot more strenuous or a little mm -hmm. bit more uh, than the average because you are looking at non-traditional financing so it, it's going to be some type of risk involved so yeah you're going to look for a little bit more leverage than the, you know maybe than what a bank will look for okay so and then once again so that what would precipitate that conversation hey i need capital is i'm looking to start a business and either due to the nature of the business or just because of my own desires i don't want to completely bootstrap it it could be that i have an opportunity to acquire a business, but obviously those are larger purchases. I actually just talked about that um, recently on the podcast with uh, Best Business Brokers. Or it could be the third scenario in which maybe you're scaling up, you need a new piece of machinery to scale up your business, and so you need that working capital. Maybe you need a rainy day fund for operations. Yes. When those three scenarios come up, there's going to be a lot of scenarios for your everyday business, as I like to call them, in which uh, you may not be able to get quote unquote traditional financing. And it also may not make sense to to pull out a personal financing means. That's when you would go to a CDFI and you would start to go down that road as to whether or not they qualify and are a good fit for right. a CDFI loan. Right. And I, I want to add to that. Yeah. It may be the amount. So once you get to me or, or your bank, your bank may, uh, may tell you, uh our limit starts at two hundred and fifty thousand. Well you mm -hmm. only need twenty thousand. Right. <laughs> um, so, right. so they may say okay, so they may just refer you back to us, but yeah, um, I would say before you even let them pull your credit or anything like that, come and see us say, Hey, I need only ten thousand, twenty thousand to get part with the you know, to elevate my business. Um right. what can you help me with? And I would say, okay. Um, if you have tried the local bank, what did they tell you? Okay, all right, well, this is probably a better fit for you.
So what about the process? Could you give us like a 10,000 foot, just quick overview? Like if I go to work with the bank, maybe I've done something with my bank. I kind of know how that, that, that dance works. If I'm going to an SBAC, what's the general kind of uh, roadmap of how the process works with y'all? Right. So um, I will always direct um, any of the prospect um, clients to our website, sbacsav.com. Okay. Um, I would say go there. Learn who we are, learn what we do, learn who we serve. Um, we have a list of our loan programs on the site. We have a list of all the required documentation on the site. Um, download those um, those items. Mm-hmm. Start collecting those items that's needed. So we don't need to start off running instead of walking, per se, um, doing a process. So. Mm-hmm. I would say start there first. Once you do that, once you have those items collected, then you can go ahead and apply. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you apply, it usually gets to one of our loan officers. Uh, probably me. We have three officers in house, really four. Um, whichever one makes the contact, we'll give you a call or we'll set up a meeting. Say, hey, let's kind of learn what you're doing, learn about your business, have all those things in play. If we know that you need some developmental services before you're ready for a loan, we'll point you in that direction. So yeah. let's just say. You're not ready right now, but mm-hmm. let's go maybe three months, six months down the line. You should be ready. Let's walk you through some entrepreneur classes. Let's get you yeah. some QA services. We'll look right. through that. But let's just say you are ready. You already uploaded mm-hmm. your documentation. You met with us. We went through the process. Usually we sit, we have a loan committee that we meet with. We'll discuss the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's an internal approval. If we need secondary approval, we'll reach out to our resource partners. And we'll put you into closing. So yep. in short, it could be a 30 to 45 day process with us. Um, usually banks are probably a little bit around the same time limit, um, maybe a right. little quicker. You know, just it's just in case that they already you know have your business. But right. um, that's kind of the, the the overview of how to do business with us. I would say visit right. our website, uh-huh. uh, learn the documentation that's needed, um, collect that documentation ahead of time. And then you can upload it and send it to us once you once you do the application. Right, and and, and I'll just uh, pile on to that from my brief experience. You know, getting to know CDFIs, getting to know SBAC specifically, mm-hmm. is what y'all are hearing is you know these guys are wanting to make sure that it's not just money in money out, right? They want to make sure that you're actually prepared to win, that we've you've uncovered every stone or a lot of the stones because this is a risk management conversation just like it is anybody else. And not to say the community banks don't also don't do a great job of this. Um, these guys can come along, a CDFI can come alongside a community bank to strengthen that and, and open up new doors that would not be open if it was simply the one-on-one. But for us everyday businesses, when you need that startup acquisition or working capital, from my, my understanding, CDFIs is, you know, um, they're not just going to check some boxes and then shell you out the capital. You know, there are there are institutions out there that will give you plenty of rope to hang yourself with, as the saying yeah. goes. But these guys, because they also have the advisory piece, because they also have the consulting piece, they want to make sure that you're a good fit for the capital and that you're not setting yourself up for failure and that you can then get the direction on how to best get the highest ROI on your capital. Because guess what? When that happens, not only does the client, the banking client win but also the lender sbac yes. in this scenario also wins right yes yes you're, right. you're exactly right and um to even add on top of that let's just say you apply and you're not you know ready right now not eligible not right now mm-hmm. let's say 
um, your score not where it needs, your credit score is not where it needs to be at. Mm -hmm. We have additional services to where we could put you in a credit builder program where you'll get a, a very small loan. But what mm -hmm. that loan is going to do is build your business credit, build your personal credit. Um, it, it'll be at no interest. And it's just to help you go through that process of getting ready to um, use us as a resource for lending. So even right. if you're not eligible at the time, we still have additional options for you. And most right. TDFIs um, have that, you know, somewhere in their, their programming. Okay. So thank you for that, Nate. Um, I got one final fun question. When I get you get to play prognosticator for for a second because hey, you you've been in banking for ten years. You're not new to this rodeo, yeah. and um, you know a lot of us business owners, we've been seeing the interest rates change. Right in 2020, it was just like crazy low, yeah. and now as the Fed's trying to fight this inflation crisis, you know we've seen you know the game change month by month, quarter by quarter, and how accessible. And at what cost um, the whole capital acquisition process for uh, is for us businesses. So nothing super specific, just what you're seeing from your seat right now in November of 2022. When you're seeing around the corners to 2023, what do you see coming for us when it comes to the Main Street businesses getting capital? Well, um, the, the the inflation rate, it, it is what it is um, right now. That's just the way of the world. Uh, rates go up, rates go down. Right now, we're in the up season, so um, they may continue to go up. Um, from just my research and just you know hearsay, uh, they may do a little downward trend, but it'll probably stay right where it's at right now for maybe for the for the momentary right now. But again, it's it's trending upward. Okay. Um, but what I see coming down the pipeline, particularly for our organization, is. Mm -hmm. um, we're tied in with a, diff a couple of different grant and government opportunities where mm -hmm. we're able to have more access to capital to lend out to our community. So yeah. uh, um, coming up in the future, um, if they if things play their cards all right, we should have a, a, a big fund to where we can lend out of and give out, you know, more than exceptional rates um, mm -hmm. right now. So that's what's coming down the pipeline. We're waiting just for to see if we get approved for that yet. Well, yeah. For us, that's going to be a game changer um, to be able to have that in our portfolio to lend out to the community, give it, uh, and also give you know pretty good rates. I would say, yeah. um, to right. be very competitive. And again, it's not to compete with banks or other CDFIs. It's just right. to be able to make sure that we're making that uh, ca uh, that capital accessible, um, mm -hmm. especially for the communities that we want to serve. Right. So maybe maybe what we might expect as business owners is that capital will be just as available and accessible and maybe even more so going into next year. But obviously, you know, with the way things are going with the currency, it's probably just going to come at a higher price tag. And so, like you said, rates go up, rates go down. We're definitely in an up period right now. <laughs> but I would say along with that access, mm -hmm. the additional developmental services, I like to make sure that I make that clear because you have to be ready to take on this, you know, this this risk or this opportunity um, coming forward. And we want to make sure that we put you in the best position. So um, along with the, the capital that come down the pipeline, we will have mm -hmm. additional sources for TA or technical assistance, developmental services, entrepreneurial classes, credit building classes, mm -hmm. things that's going to put you in the right place. So um, I always like to say, 
ask about that information, visit our mm -hmm. website, learn how we can be, you know, of service to you. Yeah, so to that point now, what we're bringing it to a close is that uh, if you're not from around the coastal empire, coastal Georgia, you know, that kind of also that tip of South Carolina area, just look up your local CDFI and, and see who your community CDFI is. If you are, however, in the coastal empire and you're hearing this and you want to get some more information, uh, how can folks connect with Nate and how can folks connect and learn more from the SBAC? So again, to connect with me, I would say first, go to our website, sbcsav.com. All right. First and foremost, learn mm -hmm. all our, our programs, learn the qualification factors, learn the documentation that's needed. I always say be prepared when you come to us. If you're not, that's okay. We'll we'll make sure you get prepared. But right. if you if you could come prepared, that'll help us a lot. Yeah. Um, so get in contact with me personally. I would say the best thing is email me. Mm -hmm. My email is nwayne. That's N W A Y N E at S B A C S A V dot com. Um, I go, I, I try to respond back as quickly as possible. Um, but that would be the, the second best way to get in contact with me. And then, third, you can also call my uh, direct line it's 912 721 6328. That's my direct line. If I'm not able to answer, please leave a message, but also follow up with the email. Um, as you know. We're we're a small office. And That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're a very small office, but we try to reach out to everyone as possible. So yeah. emails is always the best way to get in contact with me. But uh, if you fall through the crack, try to give me a call as well. Perfect. That's N Wayne W A Y N E at S B A C S A V dot com. Right. Yes, sir. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Nate. That's Nate Wayne, a uh, small business loan specialist for the SBAC in Savannah, Georgia. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. It was great. Oh, thank you so much, Philip. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to spread the message and you know get out there. We're, we want to be able to make sure that we're able to help every every individual, every business, every you know entrepreneur, and um, doing things like this uh, helps put the word out there. So thank you so much. 100%. Hey guys, and if you need capital, there's there's a there you're in a certain situation, you're in a certain demographic and you have a certain need, you know, don't just go to the cookie cutter solution and don't just take no for your your only answer. There are resources out there for you like CDFIs like SBAC and so Nate really helped us there with that. Go call uh, uh Nate better yet, go email Nate and go to sbacsav.com. Thanks Nate, have a great day. Thank you, you too. process there and a great conversation with Nate. He really made that conversation very accessible to all of us. You don't need to be a banking expert or, uh, to, to track with what Nate was sharing with us. And my takeaways is that as we come across these needs that we're going to come across, if you're in business long enough, you will need startup capital. You will need uh, a capital to buy a business. You will need working capital. You will need asset capital. And we find ourselves often in these positions where you just feel like, okay, if I can't get approved by my the bank with whom I do my business banking, I'm up the creek without a paddle. I think that the two 
takeaways that I have is number one, that there's a tailor-made entity out there for businesses that don't have tons of capital, that don't have lots of uh, collateral, that, that, that don't fit the traditional low-risk proposition for a standard bank. And that's exactly why CDFIs exist. So whether it be the SBAC, depending on what your geography is, there's local community-embedded CDFIs who can get government-backed loans, who can who can work through a lot of different entities, be it national, state governments, work with the community bank, work with your bank, and be able to make it work, essentially. Be able to make it work on terms that work for you, on at, with rates that work for you, and with the, you know, the collateral or lack thereof situation that works for you. Know that you have an option that's tailor-built for Main Street businesses. That would be CDFIs. They're a great tool that can enhance what is already out there. It's not them or your community bank. It's not them or whoever your bank is. They add another layer which can make these deals work to get your business needs and challenges met. The second and final thing I was going to say in terms of my processing the discussion would be a place like SBAC is going to help you do this if you haven't already done it, but inevitably the work has to get done. If you're going to take out capital, be it a few thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, you need to think through your business case, right? If you're taking in a loan, like, hey, you, you know, don't take out loans lightly, and SBAC is going to make sure that you don't take that loan lightly. They're going to consult you the entire time to think through the business case. What are the variables? Why do you need the capital? Does the math work out short-term, long-term? Have you thought through all the different variables? You know, uh, are you setting yourself up to fail? Or are you setting yourself up to succeed? So do that work yourself first. Talk to your team and really think about why do I want to do the thing which requires the capital? Why do I need the capital? And um, how do we make the numbers make sense? So those are my two takeaways. Um, I want to thank you all once again for checking out and spending time with me today. Next on the podcast, we have Heather Booth of Berkshire Hathaway. We're going to discuss just kind of like the lay of the land going into next year, what we're seeing in the Savannah, Georgia uh, market specifically, talking about real estate developments, talking about what's changing within the demographics and the just the, the, the community in general, which obviously impacts small businesses of every size, every business of every size in this region. And I'll say one final note, thank you for a year of Good Morning Market. We're going to be even better going into season three, but I need your input and feedback to do so. I've got ideas, you know, for days. However, your opinion matters even more so. So please check out the show notes and the show description. I have a link to a very quick survey. Should take under four minutes in total. You can take it from your phone. Um, would love to have your feedback on Good Morning Market, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That way, this program can be more viable for your time. You spend precious time when you get on this podcast. I want to make sure it's the highest ROI possible, and that's why I need to hear from you. But remember, in order to lead your market, you must first hear and know your market.